You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Good morning, everybody, and welcome into the Gary Harris Show for this Friday, January 5, 2024. I'm your host, Gary Harris. My main man, Justin Jones, is right alongside. He's doing all the heavy lifting this morning, manning the controls, taking your phone calls on the first domain kind of anyways hotline in hour number one, the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline in hour number two. And uh, we'll get your calls in at 205-342-9904. I'm just sitting here uh, amazed at... Uh, the shot that Jokic hit to win the game for the Nuggets last night. I didn't, I, you know, uh, Golden State was killing them. I got home and <clears throat> I checked the score. Justin, I turned the TV off. I mean, it was, it was, I mean, I think Golden State was up like 18 in the fourth quarter. And, um, I was like, this one's over. And then I just happened to hear our Fox Sports update. <laughs> the Nuggets came back and won, finishing the game. What was it, a 25-4 to run or something like that? And Jokic hit that 40-footer at the buzzer off glass to win at 130-127. to Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you, that guy is some kind of player. And, and what was it you were telling me? You watched the post-game show with he and Barkley. Yeah, uh, Charles Barkley asked him, uh, I guess the shot – which I, I haven't seen it yet either. I'll, I guess I'll, I'll need to look it up. But it's something else now. Went off the glass, and, and Barkley asked him if he called glass, if he called backboard. And uh, Jokic laughed and just said, uh, it went in. He yeah. <laughs> said, it went in, brother. Uh, well, I tell you what, it was some kind of shot and some kind of comeback. I just now wish I'd watched it watched it live last night. But it like the uh, dubs had it wrapped up. But Golden State's uh, magic is, wow, when you're 16 and 18 – I'm not saying you can't still have a good season, um, but that game last night would have gotten them to 500 at 17 and 17. When you're two games under 500, 34 games in, yeah, you're almost to the halfway point of the season. You're you're kind of you know kind of are what you are. You're an average team, and um, wow. So anyway, well, welcome in. We're we're ready to go this morning. I'm Gary Harris, Justin Jones, as I said, right there in the control room. And we got a good show on tap for you that I'll tell you all about here in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you all about my friends at Alabama Credit Union. Convenience and savings make life better. Find out more with the new ACU Lifestyle account. Learn more at alabamacu.com. That's alabamacu.com. Alabama Credit Union loans for real life. Some rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership. Then join today and feel good about your money. And put a extra change in your pocket. All right, the lineup for today, in just a moment here, we're going to get into Alabama football roster breakdown because it's changing by the day, obviously. But at 9.30, we'll go around the world of sports with my pal Adam Amin from Fox Sports, who is uh, one of the outstanding play-by-play broadcasters in sports today. He's on the call of Rams 49ers on Sunday. And, Justin, I think the interesting thing in that game is I think it's going to be mainly backups, I think, for, for both teams. <clears throat> both teams are locked into the playoff spot. So it'll be interesting uh, how Adam Amin will approach that game. We'll talk to him about it uh, coming up at 9.30. Then at 10.30, the Auburn Report with Brett Pritchard. Looking forward to catching up on the Tigers. Uh, we were not uh, – I was not with you last Friday. Uh, we had uh, Justin in running some of our great interviews from the week. So it'll be my first opportunity to talk to uh, Adam 
and Brett in uh, a couple of weeks. So we're looking forward to those interviews. As I said here in just a moment, I'm going to go ahead and start doing, giving you the latest on Alabama's roster. And um, let's just go ahead and and do that right now. Uh, Justin, if I miss anybody, you, uh, you let me know. Uh, first, I'm going to start with guys uh, going into the draft that uh, has been announced that um, – you know, either by the player or by reports, uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry, Alabama's outstanding corner, declaring for the NFL draft, started all 14 games this season, all 13 games last year, <clears throat> started 33 of the 38 games in which he played during a three-year career, former Pinson Valley standout, finished 2023 with 10 forced incompletions. He's considered uh, what NFL scouts like to call lockdown cornerback. He takes away one side of the field, and he's projected as a first-round pick. And according to reports, his running mate at corner, Terrion Arnold, is also set to enter the draft. Arnold also started all 14 games this season. Six feet, 196-pound redshirt sophomore from Tallahassee. He finished with a team-high five interceptions as well as 14 forced incompletions. And he also is in conversation to be a first-round pick. I don't know that that's a guarantee. Well, I don't know if it's a guarantee for anybody. <clears throat> but he's in the conversation to be a first-round pick. Certainly no later than a second-round pick. Alabama outside linebacker Chris Braswell also declared for the NFL draft. Braswell had 42 tackles, 10.5 tackles for loss, 8 sacks, 3 forced fumbles, and a pick 6 against Mississippi State. And remember, would have had another touchdown when he blocked that field goal against Texas A&M, but Dallas Turner got called for a block in the back. He was one of Alabama's most consistent defensive players. Now, uh, Justin Aboibe, you know, missed last season with a medical condition, came back this year and had the best uh, season of his career. 63 tackles, 11 half tackles for loss, seven and a half sacks. And he's going on into the draft to boy be, you know, six, five, about 292 pounds. He, uh, he's highly regarded <clears throat> by NFL scouts as well. So those are the guys that are leaving for the draft. We had one more portal, uh, announcement yesterday. Ian Jackson out of Prattville High School, linebacker that's played mainly special teams. That was the only portal announcement I saw yesterday, Justin. Did you see anybody else? No, I, I think that's right. Everything happened kind of two days ago on yeah. the first day. Now, there could still be more today and tomorrow as players have through the, the next couple of days. Uh, now, there's, you know, some news, too, that's positive in regards. It's not all about players leaving. Yesterday, some announcements about players coming back. And I really think Deontay Lawson, if he can stay healthy, uh, in 2024, Justin could be a first-team All-American. I mean, he's got that kind of ability. Remember, he missed um, – I think he missed three games. Two or three games, I know, and still had 67 tackles, which was second on the team. He can play in pass coverage. He's great against the run. He can blitz the quarterback. He's athletic. He's big. Um, tremendous player and glad to see him coming back because he needs another year. And I think if he stays healthy, as I said, he's a first team, uh, all American waiting to happen. Malachi Moore. Now this was one that, uh, you know, probably back during the season, I, I don't know that I would have told you he was going to come back. I don't think his draft status is, is as high maybe as he would like it to be. And, you know, with NIL opportunities, uh, I guess it makes sense that he's going to come back for a fifth season. But that's a lot of experience. That's a guy that's played a lot of football at Alabama. Um, 2022, he was hurt most of the year. But this year came back and had 52 tackles, an interception. And, um, you know, is also one of the leaders back there. He's versatile. He could remain the starter at star or move back to safety, potentially to play alongside Caleb Downs. So that's big news. And Roydell Williams coming back. Again, another guy that, uh, 
you know, doesn't have a great NFL draft grade. So, um, you know, he's made the decision to come back. <clears throat> pardon me, 111 carries for 560 yards and five touchdowns in 2023. Also caught a touchdown pass as a receiver. So he's a guy that will give a lot of experience uh, at that running back position. Of course, you got Justice Haynes coming back. You got Richard Young. And, you know, we haven't heard anything from Jace McClellan. Jace McClellan technically could come back as well. So, uh, I mean, you just don't know in this day and age with NIL and with the COVID year, it's really hard to follow. Um, as I've said before, when I look at a roster now and it says whatever year, <laughs> I don't even really pay attention to it anymore because I don't know for sure how much eligibility somebody's got. If you came in in 2020 or before, because some guys are still playing that came in, let's just be honest, there's guys playing now that have, they're in their sixth, seventh, and even eighth year. If you came in prior to 2020 or during 2020, you get an automatic extra year because even if you played, you know, Alabama played 13 games in 2020, but if you played in all 13 games, that season still does not count. You get an extra year. Yeah, I, I think I saw a story yesterday, Gary. It might have been, I want to say it was the Texas Tech quarterback is going to be in his seventh year of eligibility in college. Yeah. And uh, and so. there is a player, <laughs> um, I think it's Oregon that played, the, uh, that has, you know, an eighth year. But, yeah, there, we've seen a number of guys with seventh years, uh, the quarterback at Jacksonville State this past year. Uh, we see a lot of sixth-year guys. And really what we see, and I've talked about this before, is you see a level of maturity that you would not normally see other than if well, you used to see it with a Mormon mission, Utah guys and BYU guys, because a lot of those guys would go on missions and then they'd come back and play football or sometimes even service academy guys. But, you know, you would see guys that were 24, 25 years old at Brigham Young in Utah. Now all around college football. You've got guys that are 24, 25, sometimes 26 years old. And let me tell you something. There's a big maturity difference between a 25-year-old man and an 18-year-old freshman. <laughs> and even if the 18-year-old freshman is more talented, uh, let me tell you something. Somebody that's 25 years old, that kind of physical maturity makes a difference and uh, makes a big difference. So I, um, I'm sitting here still watching the highlights from this Denver um, Golden State game. Boy, Golden State just didn't score down the stretch. I mean, they had this, they had this baby, they kind of had it wrapped up, but they, you know, they were stuck on 127 for a while. Um, we were just talking Alabama players declaring for the draft. I'm not sure if we went over this, but I think this is new. Tresman Marshall is also declaring for the draft. Yeah, that's the first I've heard of that. Tres Marshall, the linebacker that transferred in from Georgia. Okay, Trez is going to go into the, the draft, and uh, that's probably the right move for him. You know, he's already transferred in. He had a good year, had a solid year. And you've got, you know, to be honest with you, uh, Jihad Campbell and Deontay Lawson are going to be the starters at inside linebacker. He could probably be the third guy, but it's not, um, you know, it's not um, a bad move, I think, for him to go ahead and go to the draft. He's a good player. I'm not sure, though, that his status – if he comes back, is going to be any higher next year at this time than it is right now. Just to be just to be honest with you, I mean that's just my thought process. So if you if you know that um, your draft status next spring isn't going to be a lot higher than it is now, and unless you're going to get a lot of nil money, why not go ahead and go? So Justin just passing along the news that Trez Marshall is uh, 
going to make himself eligible for the NFL draft. All right, before we hit the break, we're going to jump out on the uh, first domain condominiums hotline at 205-342-9904 and welcome Philip into the program. Good morning, Philip. Hey, good morning, Gary. How you doing? Doing doing well, thank you. <clears throat> hey, I've got I've got uh, something on my mind. Uh, if I can talk about the last play one more time for the one thousandth time, I guess. Do you mind if I ask you a question? Sure. On that last play, um, Coach Saban said it was a huge issue in quotes for Jalen Milrow that Seth McLaughlin was not consistently snapping the ball well in the game the other night. If that's the case, why did we have him snap it in the shotgun formation on that last play? Uh, there's a couple of things about the the issues this year with the center quarterback exchange that nobody can answer. Uh, you know, I can't. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know um, I for the, the play that they ran. And let's be clear on something else, too, because Nick Saban did his weekly appearance on Pat McAfee yesterday, Philip. And, I, you know, people have been saying RPO. That was a run play. That was a called run. That was not an RPO. Mm-hmm. I know that, mm-hmm. that Roydell Williams flared out of the backfield, and he was wide open. Uh, but I think he mainly probably flared out to try to take a defender with him. Really, a defender didn't go with him. That's why it was open. But it was a run play. Uh, I guess from that's what they do. I guess they feel like you that it gives uh, it gives uh, uh, Milrow momentum. It also lets him see the holes better. If you're right under center, uh, you know you're right there at the line of scrimmage. So uh, you know I don't know why they didn't. I, I guess the thing I can't figure is out. How do you go 14 games? And in the 14th game, you're still having exchange issues with the center. And that is what Saban said. I heard him say it. He said it threw everything mm-hmm. off. And plus, uh, he alluded to the fact, and he's right, <clears throat> I think that when you're not confident about the snap, it impacts you as a quarterback. And But that ultimately, isn't that on the coaching staff? I mean, isn't that on the coaching staff to either get it fixed or to find somebody else to play center? I mean, I don't know. But it, it just it, it just something that just kind of, there was a stretch there when he changed his snapping because, you know, he'd hurt his hand, they said, and then he changed his snapping technique for a while. And I think we went a few games where the snaps were a lot better. But down the stretch, again, they were bad. And, you know, obviously there was no fourth and goal from the 31 uh, without that terrible snap in the uh, in the Iron Bowl. So um, I don't know, Philip. I can't, I can't answer that question. I can't answer any of those questions because I don't know why they didn't look at putting the quarterback under center sometimes or why they didn't look at maybe finding somebody else to snap the ball back there. I, I assume it's because Seth's the best center that they have from a blocking technique, certainly an experience. Uh, James Brockermeyer was behind him. There was some talk, you know, Darian Dalcourt could have, could have played center. Uh, but it, it sure really impacted this offense this year. And, um, not just the snaps that we saw on the ground that got past Milrow, but the others where they were snapped early, where, you know, ideally, because I've had offensive line coaches tell me this, you want the snap to come from the waist to the chest. You don't want it any higher. You don't want it any lower. In other words, you don't want the quarterback having to reach up above his shoulders to catch it, and you don't want him having to reach down to catch it. You want, you know, he, you watch him set his hands. He's setting his hands about middle of his stomach. That's really where you want the, the snap to go. You want it basically to hit his hands. And all year long, the snaps oftentimes we're not there. They And, you know, I, I hear people say, well, you can't be perfect. Yeah, but you need to be closer to perfect more times than not if you're going to – I'm with you, Philip. If you're going to have your quarterback back there in the shotgun, then you need to be able to count on the snap. I, I think it was an issue. I think it impacted the quarterback. I think it impacted the team. 
And, um, I, you know, ultimately on that play, I think, it, you know, Saban said it yesterday. Saban said, you know, it was not a good snap. And he had to get his eyes. He did have to look down. You, you know, you want your quarterback's eyes to be able to stay on the line of scrimmage. Um, and they weren't able to do that with his eyes because he had to reach down to get the ball. That's the best I can, I can tell you. I mean, you'd have to ask uh, Wolford or Tommy Reese. Or, or Nick Saban, and none of them, and, and, you know, Saban really wasn't pressed very much about that during the course of the year in these press conferences that he's had. You know, maybe mm-hmm. one time he got asked about it, but nobody ever really pressed him on why are you still having center quarterback exchange issues 12 games in, 13 games in, 14 games in. So I, I can't answer you. Well, they, they don't want to get, they don't want to get jumped on at the, at the press conference. That's, that's probably why they didn't ask it. But, um, and the other thing too, you know, Alabama had the ball on the three. Which Saban said that he said we had the ball on the three, but by the time he, but, but by the time the ball got snapped, really, I mean, I'm not trying to be sassy, but Alabama really had the ball on the eight and a half by the time he caught the ball, so it may as well have been fourth and goal at the eight. Yeah, uh, but you know they're not the only team that does that. I, I understand what yeah. you're saying, uh, why you put a guy back there, uh, you know, make the play longer than it has to be. But there are certainly reasons for it. Listen, uh, the play wasn't executed properly. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And and you know from the snap being low to the line that he took for the run uh, to the fact that J.C. Latham just got bulldozed back in the backfield. Actually, J.C. Yeah. Latham tackled him. J.C. Latham, Latham tripped him. So it was just a poorly executed play. Uh, uh, I have said before, in the next, you know, the next play call that I make will be my first. So I'm not qualified to tell these guys what to do. I, I, I will preface my comments by saying that. But you know, I saw what I saw, and I don't know why in the world you wouldn't do like most teams do if you're going to go for it at the three yard line, and you had to, no doubt about it. You wouldn't just roll him out to the wide side of the field with a with a run pass option. You know, have a couple guys in the in the pass route, and then if they're not there, he has a chance to pull it down. I I don't like the call. I don't like a a one um, option play there, which the option was the run. That was it. It was not an RPO. Saban said that yesterday. I keep hearing people say it was an RPO. Well, you know what? If the head coach says it was a called run, then I'm going to take the head coach's word for it. So it was a running play. It was poorly executed. It got blown up, and it cost Alabama a chance to win, you know, a national championship. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, yeah, I appreciate it. I'm just going to sit over the corner and scratch my head the rest of the day. All right, I think we all are. We're all disappointed. Thank you, Philip. See you, man. 920 here on the Gary Harris Show this hour being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. Hey, the YMCA of Tuscaloosa, man, this is a great time to join. Not only is it the new year, but the Y has a, there's no joining fee right now. Doesn't cost you a dime to join. Just get down to the Y, 2300 13th Street, and join up. Get your monthly membership in place and start working out today. Beautiful facility, all the things that you need to help you reach your fitness goals, including fitness classes, personal training. They have the Silver Sneakers program for seniors. It's just a great, great place. And I got to get my rear end back in there. I've taken a break, you know, during December with the holidays and work and, you know, my mom being ill. And uh, it's time for me to get back in there, too. So you get in there, I'll get in there, and we'll start working out over at the YMCA of Tuscaloosa. All right, we'll be back. And uh, listen, it's Friday, so you know what that means. All that good. Hey, listen, I don't mind the normal bumper music during the week, but on Fridays, by gosh, Justin, we're going to play some Friday weekend music to get us ready to roll. We're going to get back in the mood, get downhill on this Friday, get ready for the weekend. We'll be back after this. 
This season of Alabama football on Tide 100.9 brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse Casino. Just a few minutes away where you can be a winner too. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by Guthrie's. America's original chicken finger restaurant is now an official partner of the Alabama Crimson Tide. For franchise information, visit Guthrie'sChicken.com. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. On Thursday's episode of Crimson Drive, driven by NASCAR, we were joined by former Crimson Tide star and SEC Network basketball analyst Richard Hendricks. He discussed Alabama men's basketball starts the season in non-conference play. Well, head coach Nate Oates always challenges this team with a tough schedule, and they've done a really good job of playing against some formidable opponents. But unfortunately for Alabama, they have not been able to get the signature win against some of these top teams. They played against Arizona. They played against Purdue. Um, and they come and played against Creighton in a true road game on the road, falling up short. Um, the good thing from that is they were not blown out in any of those games and they were competitive until the end. So there's just some small things that you can see with the team that they have to shore up to try to be competitive. But nonetheless, um, you can see that the team is trying to improve. They had a nice showing in the last game in the last non-conference game, but they're going to have to definitely try to put it all together on the road against Vanderbilt. I'll have more in a moment. Guthrie's was America's first chicken finger restaurant, and now Guthrie's Golden Fried Chicken Fingers is your Bama tailgate headquarters. Come by and get the best chicken fingers in the game. Make Guthrie's and their famous signature dipping sauce your one stop for all your tailgate parties this season. Call ahead, place your orders for game day. Guthrie's, America's original chicken finger restaurant, and now an official partner of the Alabama Crimson Tide. For franchise information, visit Guthrie'sChicken.com. We've got you covered for Alabama men's basketball on Saturday. Tip-off against Vanderbilt is scheduled at 2.30 p.m. Central, with our coverage on the network starting at 1.30 p.m. Crimson Tide Today is brought to you by Guthrie's. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. Hey, Buckner here. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Clouds increasing today, Tuscaloosa's high 54. Tonight, cloudy with widespread rain, the low at 42. For tomorrow, rain ending early in the day, the clouds will likely linger. The high tomorrow, back in the middle 50s, around 55. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 42 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of the Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9. First full weekend of 2024. Can't believe I'm saying that. Justin, you're you're 25, 23. Okay, well, yeah, you don't remember. I, I tell you, this is an example, and you can only experience it as you get older. That's the thing. You can't you can't you can't turn yourself into you know 50 something or 40 something or 60 something year old guy. You're 23, so your concept for time is completely different. I know because I've been there. Um, but at my age now, 59, turning 60 in June. The concept of time is so different than it was, you know, even 20 years ago. But I can remember so vividly 
99 turning into 2000. Uh, you know, Alabama and Michigan played another overtime game in the Orange Bowl. Tom Brady and Michigan outdueled Sean Alexander in Alabama. But I remember all of the concern about Y2K and wow, all the computers shutting down and nothing being up, you know, all these glitches just didn't happen. See, my, my example for that would be in 2012 when people thought the world was going to end because the Mayan calendar. Yeah. And oh. Yeah. And, 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 but Y2K went off without a hitch. And, but that was 24 years ago. My gosh, man. Incredible. All right. Well, uh, it's 2024 and, um, Time just keeps ticking along. All right, uh, we're not going to be in this segment very long because we got to get to the break and come back with Adam Amin. We're going to go around the world sports with Adam Amin. But I do want to say this about um, about the Alabama football roster. And I'm not saying that they won't go stay in the portal. A couple of things on the portal, though, that I found out, Justin. You know, first of all, <clears throat> you know, once you go in the portal, you don't, the, the school does not have to take you back. Did you know that? You, you know, I'm not saying you can't come back, but you can't just say, "Hey, I'm, I'm staying." They might then say, "No, you're not," because once you go in the portal, uh, the option for them to um, keep you, if the, if you say, "I want to come back," the school doesn't have to take you back. Now, there is a chance if you go in the portal, if you're a player that the school that you're at doesn't want to lose, that they might talk to you and try to get you to um, stay at the program in which you are currently playing. I think there are a couple of Alabama players that are in the portal that Alabama would like to keep. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to be able to keep them either. But I think there are a couple of guys that that Alabama values, Nick Saban values, that are currently in the portal. So the portal is not a guarantee that you're leaving, but more times than not, um, if you're in the portal, you're not going to be back at the program that you're at. And, and keep this in mind, too. A lot of guys go into the portal thinking they're going to have uh, a gazillion offers. That's not always the case. Sometimes the situation that you're in may be better than the situation that you wind up going to. And the quality of the program may be a lot better. Like I said, the grass isn't always greener. So there's a lot to kind of unwrap when it comes to the portal. All right, it's 929. We come back. We're going to talk with Adam Amin for Fox Sports. He's on the call for 49ers and Rams on Sunday. That'll be an interesting game just because a lot of guys are sitting out. We'll talk NFL. We'll talk NBA with the play-by-play broadcaster, Fox Sports, Adam Amin, next right here on the Gary Harris Show. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your Money. Krispy Kreme is a tough. 
much as Innisfree has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and Free Special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., get a meat and free vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup, Salad, or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free. Find Tide on Twitter at Tide 109 to keep up with show announcements, guests, and our reporters in the field. Gary Harris, Justin Jones, and we're going to jump out on the First Amendment Condominiums Hotline and welcome in uh, Chicago's very own Adam Amin, Fox Sports play-by-play broadcaster. He's on the call for Rams 49ers uh, this Sunday at uh, Levi Stadium in Santa Clara. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, my friend. How are you? Doing well. I, You know, I, I'm sure when you, I don't know when you got this assignment, but anybody that looked at the schedule would have said, man, final Sunday, Rams 49ers, this is going to be a, a doozy. And it may very well be, but because the 49ers have locked into the best record in the NFC with home field advantage at the playoffs and the Rams have locked in their playoff spot, um, I don't know what this game is going to look like. I know you're getting ready, you know, for it and, and breaking it all down. How many players are you expecting to sit this one out? Yeah, I mean some key ones. Um, there'll there'll be you know nowhere in Donald. Those start you know the two starting quarterbacks are sitting out, so we'll have a fascinating uh, quarterback matchup that would have been a lot more interesting, I think, three years ago if uh, Sam Darnold and Carson Wentz, former number two <laughs> and number two overall pick, right? So there's uh there's interesting things going on right now with uh, with these two teams. But yeah, so it's it's fairly common you know to see this take place. The the big thing is getting some reps for, you know, the guys that probably need them, especially mm-hmm. for the Niners who are going to be on a bye week. You know, there are these interesting stats that we've kind of combed through, you know, teams that rest their quarterback versus teams that play their quarterback even for a quarter and, like, how much better they are when they do play the guy. I mean, is there any correlation with these two teams? Not necessarily, but it's just interesting stuff. So we'll do a little bit of that and, and kind of just – Watch the watch the game and tell some stories and you know see uh, see what transpires in the early window and you know maybe we'll have some clarity on the playoff picture and that's what we'll do. So I got you. It's still going to be NFL football and it's still a marquee matchup with Absolutely. the Rams and, and and the 49ers. I think the thing that has struck me this year, Adam, and I want to get your your take because obviously you call the games every week um and and it's been this way for a while but just the the level of parity in the league and how you know any team can really beat any other team and and how fluid it is you know three weeks ago the team that we thought might be the best in the nfl three weeks later you know isn't uh you know obviously right now a lot of people are looking at the ravens and deservedly so still looking at the 49ers in the nfl but you know a team like the eagles who you know had that almost invincibility type aura that hey they'll find a way to beat you you know that's all they do is win well they're not winning anymore and my gosh you know even if they beat the giants they don't control their own destiny which is shocking if you just thought back a few weeks ago in the nfc east but what has happened in your mind of the eagles it doesn't seem to just be one thing but rather a combination of a lot of things yeah, definitely a combination of some things. Defensively, they haven't been as good. First and foremost, the coverage hasn't been as sharp. Uh, I think the wear and tear of some of their younger linebackers is starting to play a factor. Um, you know, 
when do they start to hit this wall about 10 games in, right? That's kind of where we saw some of the issues for Philadelphia pop up on both sides of the football. Uh, Jalen hasn't been as sharp. Play calling has been a sharp combination of a lot of things. I know Jalen's going to get a lot of the criticism, and that's that's when you're the starting quarterback of the team. But I think we're we're seeing a lot of issues, you know, on the back end, the depth, um, some of the issues that we've seen up front for them. There there have been a yeah, like you said, there's been a combination of, of different things now. Once they get to playoff time, I still think they're as dangerous as any team. They have experience. I think Hurts, as you as you know very well, Gary is, you know, he's a, he's one of those guys that just kind of elevates his game when the time comes to elevate the game. So I feel like I would have confidence come playoff time. Yeah, it's tough to not have the destiny in your hands when you started the year essentially ten and zero, right? You you thought, or they're close to it. You you thought, all right, well this team's going to roll. They're probably the best, the most complete team, and. And they're still one of the best teams, but the NFC is a lot more muddled than it was a year ago. You know, and, and it's, it's San Francisco and then a lot of really good teams. Do we think any of these teams are, are particularly great outside of the 49ers? And that's what we're trying to determine right now. And it, it would be hard to say yes for the moment, but for sure, this is a, uh, this team that, that'll, I still think has all the elements of a great contending playoff team, but they've got to figure some things out in the next seven days before the playoffs start. Obviously, the team that stands to benefit the most from the Eagles' uh, slump is is Dallas and the Cowboys. Uh, what an interesting game they played, you know, against the Lions. Um, you know, Lions fans still just in a tizzy over what happened at the end of that game with the uh, tackle eligible play. But the Cowboys won it, and now they they need. Now, listen, you and I both know. I don't care if the Commanders are four and twelve. Uh, this is the Cowboys. This is Washington. It's in Washington. It's not a gimme. But if Dallas wins that game, they're NFC East champion. I'm thoroughly impressed with with Dak. I think he's done. He, I feel like he's answered a lot of things. You know, Gary. I, I feel like there's a constant wave of criticism at him. And again, I guess it comes with the territory of being the Dallas Cowboys starting quarterback. Uh, but I feel like he's answered a lot of the questions that seemingly come at him on a on a fairly frequent basis. They're really strong defensively. We know they take the ball away at a great rate. They can get to the quarterback very well. Uh, Parsons and Bland and you know the Digs. They they have they have stars across their defense, littered across their defense. And I have a lot of appreciation for their uh, receiving uh, game. You know, I think C.D. Lamb is probably one of the two best receivers in in the NFL right now. You know, you probably toss him in and into a top three pretty easily, but he's he's probably one of the three best receivers in the league. So. For them to be in the position they're in, and again, yeah, did they get gifted a game, so to speak? Sure, but they also had to make a comeback late in that game to score. And they've answered a lot of different challenges this year. I, I, I think Mike McCarthy has essentially been coaching for for a job or his job. You know, that was the case about two months ago. There, that was the big discussion, and they've been able to answer a lot of the questions. And there you go, you put yourself in a position to you know, host some playoff games if you win on Sunday against Washington. And, yeah, Washington's going to give you a game. You know, they're going to be coaching, you know, Ron Rivera's coaching for a job. A lot of those guys are – we just had the commanders against 40, the 49ers. So, you know, a lot of those guys are coaching and playing for jobs. They're trying to put good stuff on film. So, you know, there's going to be individual players trying to make some things happen, and that, that's always a little bit interesting when you got a team that is facing that and has a lot to play for. So I'll be fascinated to see what happens on Sunday.
Yeah, it's a lot of fascinating matchups. Uh, in the AFC, of course, Jalen and the Eagles uh, slumping, and and Tua and the Dolphins. Uh, just again, you know, when they play really good teams, of course, you know, it's, most teams struggle when they play really good teams. But you know, they had a little bit of a litmus test against the Ravens. They got blown out. Of course, weren't you know 100 percent for that game with um, you know Waddle out and, and the and the running back out. Uh, um, Mostert, but uh, when you look at the Dolphins, uh, they like they were cruising to the AFC East, and now all of a sudden you know, they got to win against the Red Hot Bills, or they're not going to win the division. Uh, I mean, it's just it's just crazy. Uh, and give Buffalo credit; we all knew they were better than their record when they were six and six, but they've gone on a run. The Dolphins have dropped off a little bit, and now it's a must win for Miami to win the division in, in South Florida on Sunday. Yeah, I mean the the teams that they've played. Uh, they've lost to have been kind of shocked at the loss to Tennessee on a yeah, Monday that night. Was stunner. Yeah. You know, they shouldn't have had. Uh, I mean, Baltimore is a buzzsaw right now. They might be the best team in the league uh, across the board. Um, the win against Dallas showed me something, I think, because they responded very well in a couple of different spots and they were able to generate really important possessions. And I thought Tua had. Some really good moments in that game to, you know, put him in position for the game-winning field goal and you know, some of the passes he made in that game, the long, long passes he had in that game. I think there were some really good things against Dallas. So uh, I was impressed. And I saw this team about a month ago and I thought, well, they're faster than everybody else. And if their line can hold up, then they're in good shape, you know, but when you face teams with good pass rushes, that's when things get a little bit tough. And you're going to run into that come playoff time. You're going to run into some elite level pass rushers, depending on, you know, which teams you end up taking on. If, you know, you end up not as a high seed and you're not hosting a game, you know, you're going to end up maybe having to take on a division champion. And, you know, whether it is Buffalo again, whether it's, you know, Kansas City, whether it's, you know, a, a team like a Houston or an Indianapolis or something, you're going to have to go on the road and take on a team that, probably as a decent pass rusher on the other side. So I think that's, that's a really important factor is the offensive line for them. You know, they, they've shown some depth. I think their offensive line has played really well overall this year, but they've had some moments, especially during these losses, where they can't protect Tua. And the big thing with Tua and that team is just protect him because he can throw the deep right. ball and his mm-hmm. receiver faster than everybody else. Like, you just have to have time for those guys to be able to beat their defenders down the field. And if you do that, you give him enough time to – Take a full five-step drop, let the deep routes develop, be able to hitch once or twice or take a couple of steps, climb into the pocket. As long as you protect for him, he'll have opportunities to, to strike downfield, and that's what they've made their money on this year. So I I feel like if, they, if that line can hold up, they're going to be okay. But the problem is these losses that we've seen, mostly against winning teams, it's pretty good pass rushes on the other side. Philadelphia, Kansas City, Baltimore, you know, the, the Tennessee loss notwithstanding, like most of these losses have come against really good defenses. Talking NFL with Adam Amin, the advantage of winning the division is you're guaranteed to host a playoff game. And, uh, of course, the uh, AFC South and NFC South both um, – the division winners are going to going to host AFC South, a better division than the NFC South. But you got the Jags; uh, they go into Tennessee, and the Titans are just trying to play off the string here. So you you, you like their chances, but also when you look at Colts um, and Texans, you're also talking about a, a wild card possibility there too. So uh, how do you see this AFC South playing out? Man, it's been a competitive division. Uh, I think. Houston's got one of the best stories in the league. You know, D'Amico Ryans, I think, probably should be coach of the year. You know, I, I still look at him. I, I, 
you can make a case for him or Kevin Stefanski, Shane Steichen, you know, and again, the Colts, the Colts head coach. I think all three of them have done really, really good jobs dealing with quarterback injuries and dealing with young teams. Um, Jaguars are still dangerous, but they're not as lightning strike offensively as they were a year ago. I feel like Indianapolis, now that they have Jonathan Taylor back and if Zach Moss is healthy, you know, they really take a lot of pressure off Gardner Minshew. They want to run the football. And I think Houston's the most fun story because what is CJ Stroud going to look like in a must win game? Right? Like he, he's answered so many questions over the course of the year. And I know he was banged up these last couple of weeks and wanted to get back in. And, you know, they lost the game while he was out. That was tough on him. But like to have him back for this type of game and, and he's been. You know, good in late game situations. He's been good in in tight spots, and I, I think if you get into a tight game situation, Houston's got a chance to win it with the ball. Uh, I think C.J. Stroud might just be that guy to to take it into the playoffs, and I think it'd be one of the best stories in the NFL. This side of Cleveland and Joe Flacco showing up and and driving Cleveland to a potential division championship. This this is all pretty good stuff. But the South has been very really competitive. I, I give Indianapolis a lot of credit. You could have folded after Anthony Richardson gets hurt. They bring, you know, they, 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 there's, they have Gardner Minshew for a reason. You saw him last year when he was backing up Jalen in Philadelphia. And, you know, I know he was 0-2 as a starter, but he played really well against the Cowboys in that, in that loss on Christmas weekend last year. And it wasn't as sharp against New Orleans, but he's played very good football. Just, just solid, steady football. And that's all you really need right now because that defense has played well and that running game is really, really good. I think whoever has the ball last on Saturday between Indianapolis and Houston might end up being the winner. NFC South, uh, uh, you know, simply for Tampa Bay, you would think they could go into Carolina and win. Uh, but this is the NFC South. And then you've got the Saints and Falcons playing, hoping for a, you know, a, a loss by, um, Tampa Bay and, and a win in that game. Uh, it's, it's a really poor division. There's no other way around it. The, you know, none of these teams are really good, but somebody's going to win it. I guess, you know, if you're Tampa Bay, you just say, you gave us one game to play against a team like Carolina. We should we should win the division, but nothing is ever a given in, in this division, right? Absolutely not. Um, you know, again, it's, it's a lot of mediocre quarterback play. <laughs> That's been a part of it, or I shouldn't say mediocre. That's probably unfair, but a lot of mid-level quarterback play. Um, I think between you know Baker Mayfield being up and down, you know, at his best, Baker's played really, really well. He's, he's had a good season. Um, but you know, he's, he's had some really kind of sluggish moments this year. Atlanta is one of the most talented rosters I think I've ever seen on both sides of the ball, except for the quarterback. And they, they've had struggles figuring it out. And obviously they had to go to Taylor Heineke and it, it looked okay for a game. It didn't look great last week. And I, I don't know what to expect on a week to week basis. And I don't think Arthur Smith does either. You know, he's, he's fighting for not only a playoff spot, he's fighting for a job too. Um, the same. You know, Derek Carr at his best is a good deep ball threat. And that offense at its best can do a lot of different things with Alvin Kamara. They've got some really good receivers. But, you know, they struggle trying to get a lot of that going. Like, they can blow teams out or at least be, you know, a two-touchdown winner if they do everything well. But And they do everything well on a consistent basis. I just haven't seen it over the course of the year. So all these games have, like, significant value. You know, the, both both. NFC South games have significant value. The Bucks can just cruise. You know, they if they win, they're they're in. They're the South champions. But I mean, I, I like the stories in the South to be able to say like, hey, we 
we gave it a great effort at the end of the year. Like I appreciate kind of battling through adversity, but you know, I, I also feel like most of these teams have underachieved. Like there should be more consistency. You know, even if they, if it doesn't always translate to wins and losses, I just feel like there should be more consistency in there. Those levels of inconsistency, in particular with Atlanta, are the ones that have kind of thrown me off over the course of this year. All right, Adam, I'm going to ask you one more NFL question, and then I'm going to get to the NBA, and, and I'm going to tie these two teams in. I want to ask you about the Chiefs, um, because a lot like the Warriors in the NBA, you just expect them to be, you know, prolific and, and awesome and, you know, always find a way to win these games. And I've watched them a lot this year. And, you know, it's just that like a lot of these teams in the NFL, they're, they're good, but I don't think it's Taylor Swift going to games. I don't think it, you know, I think it's personnel. I mean, they've lost, you know, you lose a guy like Cheetah and you lose your offensive coordinator and, you know, they're not what they were at the wide receiver position. You know, Travis Kelsey, you know, is age wise is, you know, getting up there and Mahomes is still really, really good. But this is a team that's like most teams in the NFL is flawed to some degree. Would you agree? Very much so, Gary. I think it's a it's a very fair point. It's a flawed team. It doesn't mean it's not a good team. Right. It doesn't mean it's not. It doesn't mean it can't be a great team at its best. It's flawed. It's it's just it has more problems. And I think Mahomes' frustrations. You know, people are like, oh, look at Patrick Mahomes. He's falling apart as a leader. I don't think it's anything like that. I do think he's learned a lot though this year. And learning at this level when you're when you've had great success, and I mean the highest of successes. Right already, he's played in two Super Bowls. He's won a Super Bowl already, or played three Super Bowls. Sorry, I think right against San Francisco, Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. and, and then last year, so he's won a couple already. And when you've already touched that level of success, and people are saying, "Well, it's only a matter of time before he catches Brady," which is a, an incredibly lofty goal, right? Seven Super Bowls. Um, when you've already had that level of success, and all of a sudden it's taken away from you or you don't reach it the way you've reached it in years past or whatever, you know, you start to try to do things that maybe aren't within your skill set. You try to play above yourself. And I think Patrick has been so good at doing that. He's done incredible things to make up for some of the deficiencies in years past. And he's been able to do it that, I mean, if you're Patrick Mahomes, you think you're Superman out there and rightfully so. So now when the talent level has dipped around you, like you said, offensive line-wise, receiver-wise for sure, and you're getting older as a team, and those things don't happen the way they used to as easily, or maybe you you work really hard to make those things happen and, and they've you, you've been able to pull them off in years past and they're not happening this year, the frustration level is going to get higher. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's anything beyond like, yeah, you lost Tyreek Hill. Like the the... <laughs> The Dolphins' offense this year and the Chiefs' offense in, in 2018 are two of the most efficient offenses in the history of the NFL in terms of yards per play. They were right up there with that uh, greatest show on turf, St. Louis Rams teams in, in 2000, right? Like, statistically, those are two of the best offenses ever. Tyreek Hill has been on both of those offenses. Like, he makes that much of an impact. And there's a reason Tua has found success with Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill's really good. And Tua is a good quarterback. And a good quarterback with an incredible receiver is a really deadly combination. And Patrick Mahomes had that with multiple guys mm-hmm. for a couple of years, for a few years. And now, not to say that Travis Kelsey isn't a Pro Bowl caliber player. He made another Pro Bowl this year, and he had a good season. But teams can bracket him. Teams can double him. Teams can focus more attention on him the way they weren't able to in years past. So he still makes incredible plays. And they're still a really good team, a great team. 
but they're much more flawed than they have been in years past. I thought it was a great way to say it, Gary. All right, Adam. Uh, you know, I mentioned the Warriors uh, a lot like the Chiefs. You just kind of take them for granted. Uh, but they're, you know, they're, they're two games under 500. And I'll be honest with you. I would not even have known. I, we, we're a Fox Sports affiliate. So on the top of the hour, right before my show, there's a little Fox Sports update. Cause I got home from the 10 o'clock news last night. I flipped it on and Golden State was blowing them out. So I just cut it off. And I said, I'm going to go and go to bed. And, uh, and then wake up and hear the, and then this hear the update that, that Denver, Goes on a 25-4 run over the final 6:45, including a 13-0 run to end the game. And then I see the the 39-footer that Jokic hit. Uh, this is what the Warriors do to people. This is not supposed to happen to them. I mean, a full-fledged collapse and uh, just an unbelievable game. I can't wait now to go back and watch the full highlights. But um, what's happening with Golden State? They just, you know, they just didn't used to to lose games like this. They didn't blow, uh, you know, huge leads and, and let teams close the game on a 13-0 run against them. Yeah, it was just, at uh, home. shocking. Yeah. yeah, at home, nonetheless, a shocking finish. And listen, the Jokic shot is a ridiculous shot. Yeah. Like you can't, you know, it's hard to, hard to, you know, parse that other than like, hey, just made a ridiculous shot. But I think it's, I think you're, you know, let's stick with the uh, the kind of Chiefs comparison here, right? Like these dynastic style teams that have, you know, generational talents on them. Age is catching up with them. And the Draymond Green suspension has, mm-hmm. has been catching up with them. And their personnel, which isn't as sharp in their bench. Remember, for three years, Golden State's bench was really, really good and was one of the top-ranked benches in the NBA. And that just hasn't been the case this year. You know, Steph is a magician. To, to the, you know, he's still arguably the best player in the NBA. And he's certainly one of the five best. And uh, certainly one of the ten best. And you can make an argument for one of the five best. But... You know, time is catching up with them as an organization. It it hurts them structurally. You know, there's their their depth isn't what it was. Clay Thompson is still trying to find it. You know, and, and we've heard a lot of uh, very introspective things from Clay Thompson, as we often do. He's a very introspective person, and you know, he's had conversations with Steve Kerr about like like you just have to go, like just shoot, like don't worry about making them, don't worry about all the other stuff, just just go play, and. You know, I think Steve having as good of a pulse of his team as he does, and he's a really good coach, a really good personnel guy, and a really good, you know, empathetic guy who, who wants the best for his players and knows how to get the best out of them, is kind of like, all right, well, we're just going to let them find it. We're going to let these guys kind of figure it out while we're still in the midst of December and January, you know, before, you know, things really get intense post-All-Star break to try to make a run for the postseason, like, I think he's just gonna he's just kind of resigned himself to thinking, all right, well these guys have to figure it out. And when when these guys get comfortable, I know they know how to play play in the in the playoffs. And what we've seen in the last couple of playoffs too, Gary, is uh, I don't the seeding, while it does matter, I think the depth of the NBA, especially in the West, the seeding isn't as reflective upon the league as it once was. Like right. if you like remember Lakers and the Warriors, they were the seven and the eight seed, right? Right, last year or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, six or seven, I can't remember off the top of my head, and they, and they were able to win series. And, you know, that seeding matters less and less, especially veteran teams, because they know how to win on the road. They know how to win in the postseason. And they're just like, let's make sure we're okay by playoff time. And I think that's kind of where the, the mindset of the Warriors is right now. But all the flaws that we're talking about are there. They have to figure out new ways to mitigate those or negate those. And I think Steve Kerr has just decided, well, let me let these guys play and, and let's let them figure it out on their own or kind of in the midst of games and see what they can find, and then we'll work off that. 
Never enough time, Adam. We'll get to the, the Lakers uh, next time I talk to you. I want to get your pick your brain on on them and also uh, what you think will happen with your Bulls. But uh, thank you so much, Adam. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Amin and listen to him on uh, uh, different media outlets and obviously watching him when he's doing play by play for the NFL and the Bulls. Thank you, Adam. Thanks, buddy. All right, nine fifty-five. We're going to take a break. And come back. And wrap up this first hour quickly. Right after this, on Todd one hundred point nine FM and twelve thirty AM WTBC. Since 2011, Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen, high-definition televisions, both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Clouds increasing today, Tuscaloosa's high 54. Tonight, cloudy with widespread rain, the low at 42. For tomorrow, rain ending early in the day, but clouds will likely linger. The high tomorrow back in the middle 50s, around 55. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 43 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. Alabama Sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Oh yeah, as always on a TGIF edition, The Cure is going to get us out of here for hour number one, Friday I'm in Love. And this hour has been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. Member owned and not for profit. It's just a better way of banking. Find out more at alabamacu.com. Alabama Credit Union loans for real life. Another hour is on the way. Plenty of more opportunities for phone calls, plus the Auburn Report with Brett Pritchard coming up at 1030. Gary Harris, Justin Jones, rolling along. Hour number two is coming up of the Gary Harris Show. The Alabama Securities Commission protects you from financial fraud. Anyone asking you for investment money must be licensed. You're careful with your money. Fraudsters aren't. Before you invest, call our hotline at 1-800-222-1253 to verify the licensing of the person making an offer and the product. Don't lose your hard-earned money. Learn to protect yourself at asc.alabama.gov. Paid for by the Investor Protection Trust and brought to you by the Alabama Broadcasters Association and this station. Tuscaloosa's Oak Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. O'Colony is operated by Para. My caretaker was very rough with me. 
I thought they did it because I wasn't moving fast enough. Elder abuse is a crime, and together we can stop it. If you or someone you know has been abused, neglected, or exploited, call the Adult Abuse Hotline at 1-800-458-7214. That's 1-800-458-7214. Sponsored by the Alabama Department of Human Resources, the Department of Justice, ADECA grant number 18-VA-VS-050, the ABA, and this station. If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Kevin Wyatt. A thrilling finish in the Nuggets-Warriors game last night as Denver rallied from down 18 points at one point in the fourth quarter to close the game out on a 25-4 run capped by a Nikola Jokic 40-foot buzzer beater. He called both bank and game as the Nuggets beat the Warriors 130-127. to Bucks over the Spurs 125-121. Giannis with 44 points and 14 rebounds in the win. College Hoops, four top 25 teams in action, all of them winners. Number 10, Arizona crushes Colorado 97-50. Number 15, Memphis edges Tulsa 78-75. Number 19, James Madison stays perfect with a 68-61 win at Louisiana. And number 24, Gonzaga blows out Pepperdine 86-60. And former South African amputee runner Oscar Pistorius released from prison after being paroled after he was sentenced for killing his girlfriend. Now, this hour is West Alabama Real-time news update from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. Here in County Town of Marion, handing out bottled water again today. The handout comes a week after two water pumps malfunction, forcing the water authority to shut down the system each night. The city is attempting to get a grant to repair the pumps. There are still few details, but there was a shooting yesterday at Creekwood Village Apartments at 1248 p.m. One person was reported wounded. Most of West Alabama continues in severe drought, but two to four inches of rainfall tonight and again Monday expected to shrink that drought further across the region. Get 24-7 local news coverage and sports updates when you download the free Tuscaloosa Thread app and sign up for twice-daily email newsletters. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Hour number two, the Gary Harris Show, right here on Tide 100.9 FM, 1230 AM, WTBC, the Tide 109 app, and Tide 109.com. This hour, the Gary Harris Show being brought to you, as always, by Patterson Comer, attorneys at law, Paul Patterson and Mike Comer. Feet on the ground in West Alabama. That's what I'm looking for when I'm looking for an attorney. If you need a personal injury attorney, uh, Patterson Comer can provide you with everything that you need, including face-to-face 
consultations. And if you have to go to court, they'll be with you in the courtroom as well. They get uh, the settlements that these big 1-800 firms get, but they get it with a more personalized touch. And they can even get you more because, as I said, they live here in West Alabama. They can be with you, assure you that they're going to take their time to make sure you get what you deserve. And remember, if they take your case, there's never any money out of pocket. They don't take a dime from you unless they collect for you. So it's contingency, no money out of pocket for you. Mike is in Northport at 205-759-3939. Paul's in Tuscaloosa at 205-345-1000. Or find out more at pattersoncomerlawfirm.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. And um, here we go. Hour number two. If you want to give us a ring on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline, 205-342-9904, whatever you want to talk about. It's Friday. We're having a good time. We're getting ready for the weekend. we got the Good Friday music to uh, to rock and roll with you, and uh, we would love to uh, to hear from you here this morning on the program. Justin, uh, you know, we discussed at the top of the first hour all of the comings and goings and, I guess, remaining situations with the Alabama roster. It's not immune to Alabama. It's happening all over the country. It's the modern world of college football and college athletics. I'm not a huge fan. I would like to see a few more restrictions in place. I, you know, because I said yesterday, I understand nobody's feeling sorry for these programs. I'm not, I'm not either. But when you invest in recruiting a guy and then you invest in the guy when he gets here and you put all your resources toward developing him as a player it just seems to me that anytime you want to leave, you're allowed to leave. I get that. You're allowed to quit. You're allowed to go somewhere else. But I think, Justin, that we would be better served if the portal had some restrictions in regards to at least, I think you should have to be two years in the program before you could transfer without penalty. In other words, if you leave before your first two years are completed, whether you're a sophomore or a redshirt freshman, that you have to sit out. That at least, I think, would allow the university to know, hey, we got a little time to develop this guy and see what he's about and allow the young man an opportunity to not have everybody in his ears saying, you need to get out of there, you need to, you know, you should be playing, all that. When you, you know, most of the time as a true freshman, you probably shouldn't be playing. And this way, you would know you came to college and you had to be there two years, or if you transferred, you'd have to sit out a year. It's not that way. I mean, you come in as a true freshman, and the first time there's portal availability, if you don't like it, Justin, you can go. And, and I don't know that that's, that's ideal. It's not ideal. Clarify for me here, Gary, but it's it's once they transfer, though, they can't leave their second school until they graduate. Is that that's, what it is? That's what we always hear. That's what we've always heard. That is supposed to be the case. But now I see a lot of guys <clears throat> filing for the, you know, the hardship or – in other words, that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, your second transfer, you were you're supposed to have graduated before you can leave <clears throat> without penalty. But I see a lot of guys that aren't graduating that are on their third school and don't have a degree, and for you know they make a case to the NCAA. So I don't know. I mean, it, like I said, I don't really understand anything anymore. Like I said, in regards to eligibility, I mean, I look on a roster and it says um, graduate student, or it says you know, red shirt this, or it's, you know, and, all, and oftentimes, in other words, a guy's already graduated now and he still has eligibility left. We see guys graduating in three years all the time. 
And you would think graduate student that, you know, well, you know, one year max, but you see these graduate students that are playing a couple more years now. And I can't follow <clears throat> because of the COVID year, because of the portal, because of how early guys graduate. I never know for sure anymore how much eligibility a guy has left anymore. I just, I just don't. I mean, I'll, I'll see somebody go in the portal and I'll think, well, they're a senior and they'll say, they'll say, you know, going into the portal with two years of eligibility remaining. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> didn't know that guy had two years still. So it, it's just, it's just weird when you think about it, Justin, that we had the COVID year and then right after the COVID years when we had NIL and the portal. So everything just kind of hit at once. And it's just hard to track these guys. All I can tell you is if you've got a good player, you know, as a fan, enjoy that player while you have him. And as a coaching staff, try to get as much out of that player in terms of production on the field as you can because there's no guarantee that you're going to keep that player. Perfect example. And we'll get to the phone call here in just a moment. Tom's waiting to talk to us. Quinshawn Junkins, two years at Ole Miss. Justin, he's the first player since Herschel Walker as a running back to have 15 touchdowns in his first two seasons. He's over 1,000 yards his first two seasons. He's on a team that just won 11 games. He's on a team that projects as a college football playoff team next year with the playoff expanding to 12 teams. You would look at that situation, and he's getting paid a lot of NIL money. I know that. And you would look at that situation and say, why in the world would he ever want to leave? Well, he's leaving. And Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin are saying, you know, appreciate you what you did for us. Okay. Because you know why he's leaving? Because he and the family have been getting quite a bit of money. But now Ole Miss is up in the ante through the portal and through recruiting. And they are bringing in a lot of other highly regarded players that are taking NIL money. And he wants more, and he's not going to get it. They're not going to give it to him. And as good a player as he is, those are the kinds of decisions that coaches are going to have to make as well. Just because you've been good, now we're bringing in a lot more good players. We might, we can't really afford to pay you anymore what you want. And that's kind of what happened with Quinshawn Judkins. He's a terrific player, but the budget for Ole Miss now exceeds what they're willing to pay Quinshawn Judkins. This is, like, like I said, this is just like a business now. I mean, look at his resume after two years, Justin. He's one of the top running backs in the country. And he if, wants if not to leave. Top running back. And Ole Miss is saying, okay, that's fine with us. This is crazy. I There's rumors going around that it was a, a character and an ego problem. And regardless of if that's true, that is also something that's a product of NIL. You're going to have guys that are getting paid millions mm -hmm. of dollars just to be at a certain school. Of course they're going to develop a little bit of an ego they're going to think they're you know all that compared to their coaches so their their other uh position coaches and things like that crazy crazy world we live in with college football right now it's nuts it's just absolutely nuts so what is Junkins doing well his time's went ending at Ole Miss this is a guy who under normal circumstances there's no way he'd be leaving and now he's going back out on the open market. That's what it is. It's the open market. As I've said many times, this has got nothing to do with name, image, and likeness. Let me tell you what. He's not out there recruiting businesses to partner with. He's not out there saying, hey, so-and-so uh, so business, I want to do an endorsement contract with you. He's out there saying, hey, school, 
hey, program, hey, this school, that school, how much are you willing to pay me to come play for you? Period. End of story. Nothing to do with name, image, and likeness. Not a doggone thing. And I'm not saying there aren't players that are are benefiting from name, image, and likeness because there are. But that's not the primary aspect of them getting paid. The primary aspect of them getting paid is playing football for a school and getting paid money to play football for that school without any worrying about doing this commercial or that commercial or this speaking engagement or this autograph signing. It simply is a business transaction. You're coming to play for us and we're paying you X amount of dollars. That's what this is. So, again, is it better or worse? I don't know. Who am I to judge? But it is what it is. And all this big facade about, oh, now young men and women can benefit from their name, image, and likeness. You know, now when they when they when there's a T-shirt with their face on it, they're going to get some money for it. They don't give a rip about a few dollars they're going to get from that. They want to get paid to play for your school. Let's just go ahead and tell it like it is. And these collectives aren't raising money to distribute a few bucks here and there. They're raising money to pay these guys the going rate for their skill level at their position. That's what they're doing. In other words, if if a quarterback can demand a million dollars and you want to keep that quarterback or you want to get that quarterback, then you got to come up with a million dollars. It's It is what it is. And I'm starting to see some people whining now about, well, this is not the way it was intended. Well, you, come on, man. You're not that naive. <laughs> you know, you didn't think that you were going to see, you know, players doing a few Burger King commercials and, and that was going to be their only way to get income. Uh-uh. As soon as it got, as soon as it got opened up to pay guys, that's what this is. It's pay for play. All right. Let's jump out on the uh, Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline and talk to Tom. Hey, Gary, how are you this morning? Doing well. Roman Harper was on uh, Coach uh, Sanderson and Barry's show this morning inside the locker room. Right. And he and he told Coach uh, Sanderson, he said, Coach Sanderson kind of went down the road that you're going down with the uh, judges uh, from Ole Miss. And he said, no, that's not what it is, Coach. He said, this is the way it is. He said, you're a running back in college, a running back in NFL. Your time's limited. Your money's limited. You better make what, what you can while you can because no running back is getting to the second contract anymore. That's over. That is over. They just go get another one. Cause they're di- and Coach Sanderson said, you're probably right. They're dime a dozen. They are. They're dime a dozen. And, and then it doesn't, uh, they don't, they don't stack up in money. I don't care how. You can go look, Saquon Barkley, all of them. They're not making the money that uh, the defensive backs, the edge rushers, quarterbacks, uh, left tackle. They're not making that kind of money no more. And, uh, and, and, and Roman said all he's doing 
is making what he can while he oh, can. Oh, that's what I said. I mean, he, he, they can't pay him at Ole Miss what he wants anymore, and they're not willing to pay him what he wants anymore yeah. because they brought, well, like you said, they brought in other players that are taking some of that money. So he's not right. going to sit there and, and pay play for less. Or, but somebody will. Well, that's what he's hoping. That's what he's counting on because that's yeah, what, that's you know, he's like I said, he's an unrestricted free agent, and he is, right. he's testing the market. You're exactly right. Yeah. That's what this is. This is unrestricted free agency. You you don't have to. You don't have to wait uh, uh, to your 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 contracts up. You don't have right. to. You, you just right. say, "Hey, man, I'm I'm available. I'm in the portal. How much can you pay me?" But I'll tell you this, based on some knowledge that I have, I think he's going to have a hard time finding a better deal than what he had Maybe. at Ole Miss. But at least he tried. And you know what his mama said? At least you tried. Honey. You know, and I'll tell you something else. You were talking about the NFL guys not getting second contracts. It goes to speak to the fact now that even at the college level, Ole Miss didn't try to. They didn't try to keep him. Lane Kiffin no. was like, "Good luck to you." You know, I mean, yeah. we appreciate your service, but we'll find another running back. You're right. But I mean, now I wanted to. I want to bring up this. Somebody said something about ego and uh, problematic and all that kind of stuff. So what? That, that's everywhere. That was that was here. Before oh we yeah! Had if that, if, hey, listen. If we were trying to, if we were trying to worry about egos and guys having, no, we wouldn't recruit anybody. That. Hey, difficult people to deal with. I mean, that that's always been part of sports. I, I don't care what. I don't care how much money. If they wasn't getting no money uh, at high school, that they, 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 there's difficult uh, personalities. So take that off the table. That don't matter. And uh, also, I want to bring this up. I want to discuss this with you if I could. Okay. Uh, what do you make? I, I'm really shocked that Ty Simpson did not uh, transfer out. And and, and I, that tells me that it, it, with his experience and his uh, background, and uh, and, and uh, you know his dad is the number one advisor to Ty, I believe, and I, this is what I want you to address, I think that Ty sit there and saw Jalen and goes, you know what? Another year, I'll beat this guy out. I'll be the quarterback at Alabama. Uh, I don't see that happening. I mean, I, you know, Alabama fans, as, as classic Alabama fans, they view Jalen Milrow differently than everybody else around the country does. Everybody else around, I saw the Heisman, the Heisman odds for next year. He's right there at the top. Uh, right. Schools around the country look at him as a dynamic playmaker. Alabama fans keep thinking there's somebody else on the roster that's going to beat him out. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. No, no, I, no, I, no. I'm, I'm I'm not, let me finish. You asked me to give you my opinion. I, I think yeah. Ty Simpson likes it at Alabama. Obviously, uh, I do think he feels like he's a good quarterback and maybe he feels like that he can compete or maybe he just feels like when Jalen's gone, I'll be the guy. I don't know. Yeah. I'm glad he's staying. Yeah. Uh, it, it is nice to see because I think we all just assumed that he would leave. But you know what? He does come from a coaching family. You know, right. maybe it's just what his dad says. He, he, he likes it at Alabama. You know, he wants to stay at Alabama. Maybe there are still kids that, that see the big picture. Uh, now, I'm not, you know, again, I'm not the coach. I don't know what's going to happen. But I can't imagine that you would have a quarterback returning that just led you to um, 12 wins and the college football playoff, the SEC championship, and that you would think that there was going to be another quarterback beat the guy out. I, I just, I, I, I don't see that. Now, again, I understand Alabama fans don't look at Jalen Milrow the way everybody else around the country does. I'm saying from Ty, Ty's probably saying, you know what? Uh, all those things you said, I like Alabama, blah, 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 all that. 
But I do believe I can win this starting job. Otherwise, I don't think. Well, I don't know because how can you win a starting job when there should not be a quarterback competition? Who else is bringing back a quarterback as accomplished as Jalen Milrow around the country and saying there's going to be a quarterback competition? I don't see a quarterback competition. How do you see a how do you see a quarterback competition? Oh, I don't see it. I don't know. I'm no expert. You're trying to act like I'm saying I'm an expert. I I never said I'm an expert. I said. From Ty's idea, I just want. Well, I hope he wants to compete. I, I hope he sees himself yeah, yeah, as, as, as a starter. Now we get somewhere. But now reality, reality wise, you have to know you're going into the spring as the number two quarterback. There's no other way Maybe. around it. Well, you know? yeah, yeah, you're exactly right on that. But in my mind, I may be saying, you know what? I can push and I can shove, and I just probably think I can win that starting job in his mind, not me. Not you, not Ryan Fowler or anybody like that in his mind. Well, that's good if he thinks that. I mean, uh, but I wouldn't want to come back with that. I wouldn't want to come back and tell myself that. And then if I don't win the job, be unhappy. I mean, you have to, you you have to accept the fact that there's a good chance you're going to be the backup. But as I said, he may be saying, Hey, I'm going to learn as much as I can and I'm going to be in position to grasp this moment when, when Milrow leaves or, you know, every quarterback is always a play away. You know, Jalen Milrow is a, is a physical quarterback, an athlete that gets hit a lot. You know, uh, there's no guarantee that you know any quarterback's going to finish the season so as i said yeah, i'm just I I, i'm just that. you know if he wants to come back i'm really happy for him and but i'm really happy for Alabama there, football. isn't there a gap though there for ty if if uh, jalen is starting next year and i have no reason to think that he won't be and uh but if Jalen's a star next year, isn't there a gap the year after? For yeah, Ty? I think I think Simpson. Uh, if if, if, if I'm reading it right, I think Ty Simpson would still have two years of eligibility uh, yeah. even after Milrow leaves. So and now and now the uh, NFL, you don't have to be a three year starter for them to be impressed by you. No, you uh, don't. No, 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 you don't. You only need one good year. In yeah, some cases, and, and, you don't even have to be a full-time starter. But yeah, let's just say, you know, his freshman year was 2022. All right. He, he can take a red shirt year for that. So he's got 2023, 2024. That would leave him with 2025 and 2026 to still be. Right have eligibility now if he becomes a starter in 2025 then you start looking at the other younger guys behind him what they're going to do but you can't worry about that you know if he wants to come back i'm happy for him uh i'm glad that he's coming back and it's nice to see a kid and a a dad say hey that's just where i want to be you know when being recruited he made the statement he said hey i i i can see myself doing like uh mac jones did Wait my turn, and then when I get my opportunity, take advantage of it. He made that statement. I remember him saying it. I don't care what y'all say. Y'all don't remember nothing because y'all can't listen. I do remember that statement. Well, Tom, good call. And like I said, I'm not, I'm not getting on you. I'm just, I'm just amazed at how many people are saying Jalen Milrow. I know I didn't say you did. I said a number of people are saying Jalen Milrow won't be the quarterback. You're grouping me in with the people in the afternoon show. I do not think like them. I'm above that. All right, Tom. Have a good weekend. Alright, 1021. Hey, I want to remind you about my friends over at T-Town Menswear, T-Town Gallery, University Mall. Uh, unbelievable store. I love just to go down over there and hang out sometimes, man. And, uh, and hang out and visit with Tom. Uh, the menswear, if you go by, you'll be amazed. 
suits, sports coats, shoes, belts, ties, man, just top notch. You'll look your best. And of course, obviously, the Alabama football memorabilia, one of a kind. If you're an Alabama football fan, you need to go by just to, to browse and uh, I'm sure you'll find something that you want to buy because there's so many great items. That's T-Town Menswear, T-Town Gallery in the University Mall. All right, we'll be back with uh, more of the Gary Harris Show. We can take some more phone calls in this next segment and uh, Brett Pritchard Auburn Report coming up at the bottom of the hour. We'll be right back after this. As much as Innisfree has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and Free Special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., get a meat and free vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup, Salad, or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Clouds in Increasing today, Tuscaloosa's high 54. Tonight, cloudy with widespread rain, the low at 42. For tomorrow, rain ending early in the day, but clouds will likely linger. A high tomorrow, back in the middle 50s, around 55. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 46 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Alabama Crimson Tide lives right here. Down to the pylon. Touchdown, Alabama. On Tide 100.9. Alright, 1025, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. Getting you ready for the weekend here on the TGIF edition. We're going to jump back out on the, uh, Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline. Krispy Kreme Donuts hot fresh anytime and talk with Ellis. What's up, Ellis? I wish, I, I wish people would be just shut up about Jalen Milrow. About thinking that, you know, there's going to be a, a competition. I'd rather have somebody that's already got experience. Well, let me you tell know, you this. Uh, if, if Jalen Milrow went in the portal, there would be schools. I mean, there would be a, a tons of schools lining up to try to get him. Uh, I mean, the guy just led, just led your program to an SEC championship and the college football playoff and you lost in overtime to the number one ranked team. And now there are a lot of fans that, that are saying, get him out of here. You know, he's not, he's not good oh, enough. Kid. On, he's so good. You know, it's just amazing. I'm changing number one. Don't want him in Joseph. It's just amazing to me. You know, the number of fans that, that, that I hear from that are like, well, we got to find a quarterback. You know, it's, but, but listen, that's why they're fans. Uh, you know, Nick Saban isn't worried about what anybody is saying. The guy had a heck of a year. Um, he is, you know, in terms of the Heisman odds, he's one of the top. Heisman odds players for next season. He's going to get better. And yes, there are good quarterbacks behind him. And I'm thankful for that. That's why you keep recruiting good quarterbacks because if something wow. happens that he gets hurt or if something happens during the season for whatever reason, you need to turn to another guy. You got him. But to think that Jalen Milrow isn't going to be the quarterback is, I don't get, don't even know where that comes from. There's not going to be an open competition for the quarterback position. He is the returning no. starter, just like Bryce Young was when he returned, just like Mac Jones was, Tua was, Jalen Hurts was, and, you know, we'll see what happens, but but he's the guy. I, I think he's going to be a lot better this year, too, Gary Harris, because of, of, the, of the, you know, he played, you know, the year that he played and everything. Yeah, there's still things that he needs to work on, but uh, I just believe, uh, I believe in him. 
Well, like yeah. I said, I think I think most people should believe in him. What he accomplished this year was phenomenal. And again, there's only four teams that make it into the college football playoff. Yeah, you want to win it all, but only one team's going to win it all. You win the SEC championship. You went nine and zero in the league, which is phenomenal. Beat Georgia. Uh, you know, he 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 pulled out an Iron Bowl that for the ages. So yeah, I'm with you, Ellis. I'm absolutely yeah, and, with you. And, and we got and we got to the playoffs. You know, I well, know we didn't win, but we got there. How many teams can say that? Four, Not very many. Four, four. That's it. Four. Yeah, that's it. Four. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one more thing. Yeah. Uh, this is a companion to basketball. I'm going to the basketball oh, that's game. Right. You're close up there. Yeah, going to Memorial Gym to watch the Tide. I think the Tide's going to put a beat down on Vandy Ellis. I really do. Uh, I hope my man does good. Uh, Sears. Yeah, I think you'll play well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, have you ever been there and seen a oh, basketball game? I've been, to, I've been to Memorial Gym several times. Uh, I'd say probably a half dozen times, yeah, for, for regular games and SEC tournaments both. So, yeah, I've been, I, I'm, I love it. I think it's unique. I love it when it's packed. I don't know if it'll be packed tomorrow, but I like the place. Now, I don't have to play basketball in it, but I, you know, when times I've been up there to watch games, I enjoy it. Yeah, I've been to it before. Uh, and done picked out a new place to go eat. Well, good so, for you. Not, no, no, shortages, no shortage is a good place to eat in Nashville. Where are you going? No, no, sir. But uh, I just had to give my three cents worth on the Jalen Milrow thing. I, I'm behind a young man, and I'll be behind him until until he leaves, and I'll follow him in the NFL. Well, buddy, we uh, we always appreciate hearing from you, Ellis. And we'll be, you know, what do we got, about six months to watermelon season? That's right. Right. You're, you're, you're going to get it. I promise you. I'm going to get you the nicest. I, I might even bring you two of them. Yeah, bring me you two. Well, if you're going hey, to go to the trouble, give me one. Give me two, man. Come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's what I'll do. I'll get you two of them. All right. Yeah. All right, Ellis. Appreciate you. All right, have a good one. Roll time. Roll time. We're talking about yellow meat watermelons. That's what we're talking about. Used to when I was a kid, you could find them everywhere. Now you can hardly find them at all. But he's uh, he got um, Corey and Kristen. One, and uh, I saw it up here, and I was like, man, I want a watermelon. So else is going to hook me up. All right, it's uh, 1029. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back with uh, Brett Pritchard with the Auburn Report. We'll do it next right here on the Gary Harris Show. 365, 24-7. You'll find road and utility crews, tow truck, law enforcement, and first responders working along Alabama's roadway. We're making improvements and helping our communities stay connected. We're working hard to make sure you're safe on the road. Now we need your help to make sure we're safe, too. Alabama's move over law requires you to move over a lane when you see flashing lights on the roadside. And if you can't safely move over, please slow down. Visit drivesafealabama.org. Brought to you by the Alabama Department of Transportation, Alabama Broadcasters Association, and this station. Lost Roscoe's has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And of course, you can find Los Roscoe's in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Roscoe's features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Roscoe's with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens, but no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. 
Covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, 1032, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. It's time for the Auburn Report with Brett Pritchard from the Auburn Blitz. And uh, first time to visit with uh, Brett in a couple weeks since I was out last Friday, but uh, looking forward to catching up on the Tigers. Good morning, Brett. How was your uh, your, your Christmas and your New Year? Hey, it was great, Gary. I uh, finally got my voice back. <laughs> well, good. So uh, I feel really feel really good now. I got through all that. But, uh, yeah, it was great. No complaints. Uh, I'll get a little break, and uh, now back to the grind. Yeah, and uh, all right. Let's uh, since I didn't visit with you last week, let's let's recap, and we're going to get to basketball for sure. But let's start with uh, the Music City Bowl because um, you know it was pretty much over after the first quarter. I mean, you say what you want, but it was twenty-one to nothing. You're you're fighting uphill, and uh, Auburn did play better after that. But uh, you know, got beat thirty-one thirteen to a team that played two backup quarterbacks. And then I was, I, I did think. Coach Freeze's comments post game were peculiar. I, I just, I, I, I'll just say peculiar. I'll let you say what you want. I, I don't, I won't say they were wrong, but uh, because that's, I guess, the way he approached it. But to come out and say basically, I didn't prepare the team for the game because we were recruiting and and I wasn't confident in the plan. I just, uh, I, I just thought that was very peculiar uh, for a head coach to say that. And well, we we talked about it all week. Uh, there, there's no question about it. Um, I, poor choice of words is the only way I can sum it up. Uh, you're the leader. You're the head coach. Uh, it all falls back on you, good or bad. And that was about as bad as it could could be. I mean, that team was totally unprepared. It, it looked out of it, like you said, you know, from the beginning. And uh, Maryland wanted to win the game. They came in, and you could tell they took it serious. And, you know, I got a couple of uh, schools of thought here, Gary, okay. on, on all of this. Right. Um and, and, and no excuses. Again, no no excuses. You show up. You, if you take the bids, you you go you go play the game, and you should prepare. But this bowl, I think we're coming to the realization. And even Nick Saban said something prior to the semifinal game that they played in. We got to decide. And when I say we, the people at college football have got to decide what's more important. You got way too many things going on at one time. You, you, the, the transfer portal should not be open while the season's still going on. That, that, that's my personal opinion. I think a lot of people agree with me on that. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of coaches agree on that. So I'm not defending Hugh Freeze, but I think what Hugh Freeze was trying to say is there's so many moving pieces mm-hmm. going on. And this is the Music City Bowl. It's not like we're in a semifinal. I'm going to trust my coaches to go and prepare this team until I can really kind of dive into it myself. But I've got to continue to build this roster. I've got to continue to keep the players that I have on this roster. I just think these guys are pulled in so many directions. And then he gets up there after a game and said, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I've been, you know, kind of preoccupied trying to continue to get top talent to get on this roster so we can compete. I, I, I just think, yes, it's a bad look. But in the grand scheme of things, he's thinking, I'm not really worried about the Music City Bowl. I'm trying to get this team prepared to win an SEC championship and, and get to the playoffs possibly next year. 
But again, there's no excuse. You've got to do a better job of preparing and planning. And, you know, you selected those assistant coaches. And if you trusted them to get the team ready while you were trying to do some other things, then that also falls back on you. So it's a big jumbled up mess. But I think at the end of the day, we know that the bowls are dying if they're not dead already, especially when they go to the 12-team playoff next year. If you think they're watered down now, they're going to be really watered down next year. And I don't know. They've, they've got to look at this system and because there's so many teams out there like Florida State, even in a New Year's Six Bowl, that so many players opted out. That was a joke of a game. Kirby yeah. Smart talked about it. So a lot of things got to be fixed here. Yeah, well, you opened up the can of worms again this morning because you're right. I mean, it, yeah, we, we want to focus on the teams we cover. Fans want to focus on, on the teams they pull for and, and I get it, but this is, this, at some point, somebody's going to have to look at the big picture. And I said this on my show this week, um, and we'll get back on Auburn specifically in a moment, but you know, we're just kind of limping along here like, okay, somebody, somebody eventually will do something. Well, maybe somebody won't. And, and I mean, you know, I've already been on a rant about Quinshawn Junkins this morning. I mean, and, hey, he's got, he's allowed to do whatever he wants to do. And Ole Miss didn't let the door hit him in the rear end. They were fine with it. You had good, two good years here. We're not going to either pay you what we've been paying you or pay you more to stay because we've got other players coming in now. I mean, this is true pay for play. It's unrestricted free agency. There are no parameters. Um, you know, again, I don't know when I look at a guy's roster, I can't tell. Yeah, I don't know how much eligibility he's got left or not. I don't care if it says senior or graduate student. These guys go in the portal and, and they say, well, I've still got two years of eligibility. Uh, you, they, people are playing longer than they've ever played. They're getting paid. This has nothing to do with name, image, and likeness. And we're just limping along. And, you know, I would like to think that by August of this year that some different will be in place, but I'm not sure it will be until the whole thing just blows up or not. Because it's like right now, we know this is happening, but because, well, the, you know, did you see the ratings for the uh, the Rose Bowl, the highest in history. I, okay, I understand the TV ratings are good. That doesn't mean the sport is healthy, and I think that's mine and your concern is just because on on the on the surface everything looks great, it could be a facade. The core of college football and college athletics, as we know it, is is being torn apart. And 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 if you can't see that, then I don't. I, well, I can't. The, help. Let me tell you who the real the, the real losers are. The thing, you know uh, the. Again, going back to the Music City Bowl, what, where, however you want to look at it, whether you want to say he Freeze is preoccupied trying to get recruits, and if, it doesn't make those fans that traveled to Nashville and paid that money feel yeah, any better. That's right. They went up there and watched their team absolutely lay an egg and look like they didn't want to be there. You know, and it also doesn't change the fact that all we see are coaches now begging their their fan base and their donors constantly for more money, more money, need more, need more. You know, I saw something right after Alabama's loss to, to Michigan. There was a post online that said, man, we got to step it up. You know, we got to get more money. Oh, I, I, had, I had one of the donors, <laughs> one of the big boosters sent me a copy of an email. I mean, the game, the, the, hey, they weren't off the field good, and the collective was already hitting up the, the donor base for more money. I mean, this has gotten to the point where, I mean, it, it's nothing but a, but a, but a begging fest, and it's ruined the sport. And and I think Kirby Smart had the best press conference of anybody. He he could easily have sat up there and said, we love the structure of college football right now. We're on top of the world. You know, we've got plenty of money. We've got a team that's been in the number one the last three years. Everything's rolling for us. We just blew out Florida State. 
He didn't say that. He, he came out and said, yep. he said, if anybody enjoyed that, then you got a problem, basically. And he felt sorry for Florida State players over there because they were not the same team. I mean, they're 30 guys down. And he said, look, we've, we've got to fix this. There's got to be something done sooner than later. I think this summer, or maybe not even this summer, but when the, the, the championship game is over on Monday, there's got to be some high-ranking coaches in this country. And you got to push your personal program and feelings aside, and you got to look at the betterment of the whole sport. And you got to say, we've got to make some changes. we got to put some regulations on this stuff. Because right now, I mean, you look at players deciding not to go to the NFL because they're getting paid more in college. I mean, this thing's just flipped upside upside down on its head, and it's not going to get any better. I mean, again, why would Quinshawn Judkins leave Ole Miss? He's had two great years. They, they've won 10-plus games the last two years. They're poised to have a great year next year, and probably the best offensive player on, on Lane Kiffin's team decides He's going to go look elsewhere. You know, why would Dylan Gabriel leave Oklahoma to go to, to go to Oregon? I mean, is that a step up? Is that a lateral? I think it's a lateral move. I mean, but, you know, guys have reasons why they want to do it, but I think a lot of it boils down to how much teams are willing to pay them. And that's, that's, it's not really how college football was designed. No. At all. Like I said, it's, you go from driving 55 in the 70 speed zone to driving 125 in the 70 speed zone overnight. And you just can't, you know, you can't adjust. You're headed for a wreck. You know, you can't, you can't keep the car on the, on the road forever. So anyway, but we're, you and I have been on the same page on this one for a while. All right. Let's get right. back to Auburn specifically. Um, and, and talk about you, like you said, big picture for the Auburn football program, six and seven year one. It's in the rearview mirror. Good recruiting class. Um, Coming in, uh, I know the expectations for year two, Brett, are going to be higher than than six or seven. And I don't care about Oklahoma and Texas coming in. I don't care about the schedule, any of that. Uh, the the expectations for 2024 are going to be higher than than for 2023 and should be, right? No, absolutely. Uh, we, we talked about this uh, a couple of days ago on our show. We broke the schedule down. Uh, you look at this, you know, again, I think Auburn really got a good draw in this new reorganization. And yes, they got Oklahoma at home. They got Georgia and Alabama on the road, but everything on that schedule. I mean, I think if you looked at it and, and here we are the first week of January, I'm just going to say an early prognostication of you're not going to be favored in the Georgia Alabama games. You're going to be on the road. All right. Let's say Auburn loses those two games, 10 games left on the schedule and there's six games you would hope would be guaranteed wins. When you look at the way things lay out, if you play, up to your par, and you're, you've got a better roster than There's four games left on the schedule, and it's Missouri, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, and Kentucky. And two of those are home, two on the road. And if you split those, you go eight and four. So if you happen to over overachieve, your team gets better as the year goes along, nine wins is a possibility. Ten, I think, gets you in the playoff. But anyway, bottom line is, this is a navigable schedule. And absolutely, you've got to be better than seven and six or six and seven or whatever it is. This is a program you have in this day and age, you have to show immediate return. And even Hugh Freeze said, even with the roster they had this year, he felt like they underachieved. And I think you and I went through this numerous times at the beginning of the season. 
couldn't make a decision on the quarterback. Flip-flopping, two or three weeks go by, and then you finally decide on Peyton Thorne. Well, I don't know how much damage that did to him and his psyche, but I don't think Peyton Thorne got much better as the year went along. He had a couple of good games. He kept Auburn going to play, I thought, running the football really well in the Iron Bowl. Thought he ran the ball very well in, in the Georgia game, but from a passing standpoint, Auburn just never got on track. So you got to look at this quarterback situation. Is Auburn going to pick somebody up out of the portal? Does Hugh Freeze really have confidence in Peyton Thorne or Holden Gurner or even Hank Brown, who I thought looked really good when he came in in the Music City Bowl? Or do you try to bring Walker White in as a true freshman? There's just a lot of questions to be answered, and quarterback is the primary primary importance to deciding kind of what season you have. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with you there, my friend. Uh, no, no, no doubt about it. All right, uh, let's get some basketball in. Auburn really good pre-conference uh, uh, record and uh, opening up on the road tomorrow. Big game uh, in Fayetteville against Arkansas. Uh, how do you see this matchup? Tough, tough opener. I mean, no other way to spin it. Um, you and I both know that Arkansas has become one of the tougher places in the league to go play. Bruce Pearl talked about that yesterday with the media. He thinks they're better than Baylor. Uh, Arkansas has got some really good wins under their belt. Um, you know, this is a team that should be favored at home, and they are. And um, it's going to take a, a valiant effort. You know, Auburn's two losses to App State, and, and Baylor won a neutral site, won at App State. By far the worst performance of the year for Auburn to this point. Was that App State game? If they take that effort to Arkansas, they'll get beat by 20. Um, th- this team, I think, is, is, is deep. You know, they go deep on the bench, but Auburn, as far as being proven on the road, going to Arkansas to start season is a tough draw. But if you look at the rest of the schedule for Auburn, after that, you come back home and you play Texas A&M and you got LSU and then you go to Vanderbilt and then you got Ole Miss, who right now is undefeated. So if you if you fall to Arkansas, you can still get on a roll here and have a good start to the SEC schedule. So um gonna be a tough tough matchup, but uh Auburn's gonna have to play extremely well and they're gonna have to have some help from Arkansas. Looking at this uh season for Auburn, uh clearly this is an NCAA tournament team. Is this a team that in your opinion can challenge for the SEC championship? I really do, uh, Gary. And, and, and again, you look down at the schedule. I think the schedule sets up really well. And I just don't think there's a clear-cut favorite in this league. I think there's four teams, five teams maybe, that you could look at that you wouldn't be surprised if they came out on top. I mean, I think Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, Kentucky, obviously, are, are really your better teams in the league. Um, and, and then you've got some other teams that you could throw in the mix. Obviously, Arkansas. Uh, is going to be there as well because this has been a deep tournament team the last several years under Eric Musselman. So, yeah, I think if uh, Auburn can take care of business at home, I think you and I have talked about it before. To win the SEC, you got to win your games at home. And then you got to get, I guess, half, maybe half of them on the road to give yourself a legit chance to win this league. And the way Auburn's schedule sets up, I think they have a chance. 
What do you make of Ole Miss unbeaten? Of course, they haven't played the toughest schedule. Chris Beard, we know, is a fabulous coach. Wes Flanagan, who came over from Auburn, has been outstanding. Uh, what do you think of the the Rebels? you think they're legit, or you think this is just a byproduct of not having gotten into conference play and not having really a, a, a very difficult non-conference schedule? I know they did beat Memphis, but uh, they haven't beat a lot of really good teams. They haven't beaten really anybody, but, you know, you got to tip your hat. 13-0 is 13-0, and um, this is his first year. Uh, Alan Flanagan definitely has helped them. He's one of the top players. Alan in the Flanagan, yeah, I'm sorry. His dad's West. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, his dad. He's over there coaching. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but 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 the bottom line is they got a you talk about a tough test. You get to go to the number five team in the country uh, to open up. That's SEC right. Play. Yeah. And now again, you can't judge Ole Miss off what happens on Saturday. I think that's a little bit because uh, I don't think. Many people are giving them much of a chance to go to Knoxville and win. Now, if they go to Knoxville and win, that's going to that's gonna say a lot. That's going to wake a lot of people up to what Ole Miss is. And I, I don't think they'll be able to do that, though. But if they lose, and even if they lose bad, I don't think you can really see or get a good picture of what Ole Miss is. I think you're going to have to see four or five games of them in conference to really tell. But, hey, it's the best start they've had in a long time. And we knew that. Beard was a good coach, and I think he went in and got Alan Flanagan from Auburn and got his dad to come over and coach, and they got some pretty tough players that, that you know, that can score the basketball. So I think they're a formidable opponent. But uh, I think the four, the first four or five games will tell you who Ole Miss is. Yeah, that sounds fair. Real quick thought on uh, baseball is right around the corner. What's the outlook for Auburn baseball? I, I think very optimistic. I mean, you look at – uh, the guys that are returning uh, for Auburn, um, you know, this roster stayed in check pretty much. And uh, you got a guy that that's co- coming back, and Ike Iris is one of the top players in the country. I think he was number five or number six on one of the early draft boards that I saw yesterday. So uh, high expectations. You know, another good recruiting class by Butch Thompson. Uh, going to have some young guys who are going to have to step up, but they've got a good core nucleus of guys that, going to return in, in the toughest conference by far in the country. Gary, you and I talk about that every single spring and how unbelievably tough this conference is week in and week out. But uh, Auburn's got a good roster, you know, and, and Butch Thompson uh, knows how to get this team playing, you know, good at the right time. And um, I, I have high expectations for this team. Great stuff as always, Brett. Uh, quick word on the Auburn Blitz. Yeah, we'll be with you here in about uh, an hour and 10 minutes. Uh, and, again, we'll be catching up with Jason Caldwell. He's in San Antonio, Texas, getting ready for the All-American Bowl, which used to be the Army All-American game, which will be on tomorrow. Uh, we'll talk to him about that, some recruiting, and uh, just, uh, again, some more basketball gear. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, Gary. Appreciate it. All right, 10.50. We'll take our final time out. we got uh, time to get some uh, phone calls in on the final segment, a couple of them anyway, if you want to give us a ring on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline, 205-342-9904. We'll be back with more of the second hour of the Gary Harris Show, presented by Patterson Comer, Attorneys at Law, right after this. Weekday mornings at 6 a.m., the Martin Houston Show. Join us on the Martin Houston Show as we keep the conversation rolling about Alabama in the postseason. We'll add Kennington Smith III to the conversation. We'll get his thoughts on Alabama versus Michigan, Michigan and Washington as they take on each other in the national championship game. We'll also get his thoughts on the Alabama football team as they head into recruiting season and the transfer portal impact 
on the Crimson Tide in 2024. We'll have those conversations and a whole lot more right here on your home for Alabama Sports Tide 100.9 and 1230 AM WTBC. Catch the Martin Houston Show from 6 to 7 weekday mornings on Tide 100.9. Since 2011, Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen, high-definition televisions in both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. As a Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Clouds increasing today, Tuscaloosa's high 54. Tonight, cloudy with widespread rain, the low at 42. For tomorrow, rain ending early in the day, the clouds will likely linger. The high tomorrow back in the middle 50s, around 55. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 46 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Never miss a moment of the action. Download the free Tide 100.9 app today. You know I'm a dreamer. 10.54, winding it down here for another week on the Gary Harris Show. And uh, we had some news earlier in the program. The portal continues to uh, uh, just rock and roll at a really at a really fast rate. Trez Marshall, the linebacker that transferred in from Georgia, is uh, going into the NFL draft. So you've got draft uh, update there. Anything anything breaking on the portal or the draft? Nothing breaking. We do have an app message that kind of has a perspective on this, Gary. Okay. Uh, it's from Johnny G. He, he wants to play the devil's advocate. He yeah. says, coaches have been leaving recruits and teams for 20 years, abandoning promises and commitments. They are the adults. Haven't these kids just seen the leaving for me and money that way and copying it a little bit? Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt that's what they're doing. I mean, I'm, I'm again, I'm not, I'm not, you know, resenting players getting something. But like I said, it's just kind of going from 55 in the 70-mile-hour zone to 125 in the 70-mile-hour zone overnight. There's just been no checks and balances. And, um, and, and again, I'm not disagreeing with the premise from the app message at all. Uh, yeah, players deserve – they've seen this from coaches. Coaches making tons of money, leaving whenever they want to leave, you know, bailing out on on teams. But they are adults in the workplace. And these are still, whether or not people get tired of hearing this, they technically are student athletes. I mean, they technically are students. Now, there may become a time again when that just completely changes, that we design this thing where it's like, you know, college athletic departments are auxiliaries and, and players uh, don't go by the same rules at all that students. But for now, they still technically are student athletes. And I've said this before. This is something else, Justin, you never hear talked about anymore. Does anybody ever lose their eligibility anymore? Remember how hard it used to be at one time just to even get in school? And you'd sign, you know, remember the Prop 48? You'd have to sit out a year. You could get in school, but you couldn't play. And now, man, this guy, you know, they jump from three schools in a year. And, and and eligibility never seems to be a question. I mean, yeah, let me see your transcript. Okay, you didn't go the last three weeks. You didn't even go to class. But, yeah, we'll start you up here in our school. And you can just join whenever you feel like it and you're eligible. That's what it feels like. So I just think that, you know, we've gone from one extreme to the other really, really, really fast. 
And I just think there are issues that we're going to deal with that maybe right now we're not willing to deal with, but at some point you're just going to have to. I, I just, again, this is just my opinion. It's no worth any more than or less than anybody else's. I just don't think the system can sustain itself. I just don't. I just don't think you could do this every year. Whew, all right, we just raised a bunch of money for this class. Whew, we got to turn right back around. We got to raise more money. This will never end. This isn't like a building project. You build a, you build a coliseum and you're done. This is every year they're going to want more money. The next class is going to want theirs. You'll never stop raising money for paying these players. That's all that I'm saying. If you like that, that's the system we got. Everybody's happy with it. Good deal. All right. Uh, I want to thank uh, Patterson Comer, Attorneys at Law, for bringing you this second hour. Thank all of our great sponsors, in fact. And uh, get ready for Kristen Miller and Corey Miller, the Miller's Edge, from 11 until noon. For Justin Jones, I'm Gary Harris. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll talk to you again on Monday. we got Noah Haynes checking in here. He's about to take over for us. But we'll be going all day with great local sports talk. Have a great weekend, everybody. to the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. If you haven't already, you